Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I have with me David Hankins. Now, David um, is a award winner for the Riders of the Future. He's a uh, he's retired from the Army, and he is just starting his writer's uh, journey. Um, he is a published author in some anthologies, and I'm so excited for him to be here with us today because um, I think he can have uh, add a lot of value to to anybody who's trying to begin their journey. David, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, so I started writing about five years ago. Uh, I was writing alone and unafraid. I didn't have any writing group I was working with. Uh, it all started with stories. I was telling my daughter, you know, as I was trying to get her to go to sleep, which always backfired. Uh, and then that progressed and uh, she started catching discrepancies in my stories. And it's like, no, no, that didn't happen. And uh, so I had to start writing things down in order to keep all of my storylines straight. Fast forward a little bit, this all turned into uh, two and a half novels that I started uh, querying out to agents with absolutely zero success. Uh, and so I thought, well, clearly it's because I'm a new author. Nobody's heard of me before. I need credits for my name. So I'll go find a writing contest place in it somehow and you know easy peasy no problem so went to google found writers of the future i'd never heard of it before and thought oh yeah this, this has good prize money yeah i'll go for this uh submitted and um that first one got an honorable mention and i've just been doing short stories ever since and that was about um two years ago now uh, that i submitted my first one that's pretty amazing that, you know, your first one got honorable mention. Um, what were, I have, I have struggles writing short stories. What are some tips or tricks that you can um, give for people who are, are struggling or who want to, to start doing short stories? Uh, my first recommendation is uh, with the writers of the future, they have a, an online workshop that is fantastic. Uh, my first version of the short story I thought was great. And then I watched that and realized how much I didn't know. Uh, and went back and redid it with, uh, you know, proper plot structure, tri-fail cycles, stuff like that. Uh, and that, I think, is what actually brought it up to the honorable mention level. Uh, so definitely uh, take that course. It's free and uh, self-paced uh, and a lot of fun. And so, yeah, definitely do that. And then my other secret to success is uh, Wolf Moon's Super Secrets, uh, which I found on the Writers of the Future forum. Uh, he has a whole thread on there that I think he's over 800,000 views at this point uh, that just goes through what he calls the super secrets of writing, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing because they're, they're the simple things that people talk about, but he puts it in such a simple way that they actually click and we understand them. So uh, I dug into that, and that really made a huge difference in my writing. Now, for those who are wondering what the super secrets are, um, Wolf Moon has just finished a, a Kickstarter um, that is all about, I think the title is Writing Howling Good Stories or, or something similar uh, to that. How to Write a Howling Good Story. The Kickstarter just ended on the 6th. The 6th, yeah. Um, so if you didn't get a chance to, to participate in that, um, Hopefully, uh, Moon will be able to, you know, publish more copies than just what is for the Kickstarters. And 
um, you'll get a chance to to do that. Um, uh, or you can go through um, the website Writers of the Future, and they are on there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, many of them are. Uh, it it was kind of funny as I got into the forum uh, in his thread. He he has a an annual uh, workshop basically that he was doing. And uh, I was following through as people were, you know, posting their little snips of a story and talking about the different secrets and whatever. And uh, he, I didn't realize that at the time he had a, a closed session. So he's, you know, these people signed up at the beginning of the year and he's going to work with them throughout the year. And I said, oh, this is great. Hey, can I join in? I think it was May. And he said, oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, you can follow along, but no. Uh, uh, it's closed. You have to have a silver honorable mention or higher to get in to the workshop because so many people were signing up. He had to kind of narrow it down. And so I said, okay, I need a silver. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just dug into the the thread, uh, just reading through all this stuff he had on there, uh, which was a lot to dig through. And um, it was my third story I wrote, got uh, or third story I submitted to Writers of the Future that got a silver, and so that's I was amazing. able to get into the next year. That's that, yeah, that's really amazing uh, that you know your third story got silver, your first one got honorable mention. Um, people don't find that success really quick, um, but like you said, like you had gone through the the writers' workshop that Writers of the Future mm -hmm. um, supplies, which is amazing in itself that. Not only do they have the competition, which for people who don't know, the Rise of the Future is the largest um, short story competition in the world. It has the most submissions. Um, it, it started back in the 80s, I believe. Um, so it's been going for almost 40 years. And yep. some of the winners of this contest have been people like Patrick Rothfuss, David Farland. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of helped a lot of people. And for them to be able to put this free workshop out, to help you with their contest, I think is amazing. But not only that, like you found, you know, Wolf Moon through this uh, with the super secrets mm -hmm. and you got into the super secrets the next year. Um, how important has that relationship been for you? Oh, it's been, uh, frankly, it's been the secret to my success. Um, I realize I've used that phrase a couple of times now, but the um, Wolf Moon has really mentored me through my writing process, uh, helped me to go from, the enthusiastic amateur to a published professional in uh, it was about 18 months from the time I first started writing short stories until uh, my first publication came out. And so, uh, yeah, that, that relationship, that mentorship has uh, meant the world. Funny thing is in fantasy, there's the trope of the, the mentor, like the old mentor, like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or. Right. And right. Sometimes in real life, we don't take that to heart, but that is a real thing that can really benefit people. Yeah, the uh, someone who has gone through the trenches and is willing to reach back and say, hey, here's some here's a, a helping hand for the, you so you don't have to suffer all the things I did. I mean, Moon, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he'd been submitting to Writers of the Future for 20 years or something like that. And... Um, he once he won at, in volume 35 i believe it was uh he then started doing the super secrets and since then he's had uh eight people who have gone through 
uh, his course have won, uh, including me. So it, the super secrets definitely work. Yeah. And that's amazing for one, um, that he was a, you know, that he kept going because he got lots and lots of rejection and two that he did reach back and help other people along their journey, which I think yeah. is astounding for people, anybody that's willing to do that. I, I find amazing. Yep. Well, and that's something I love about the uh, science fiction and fantasy community. Uh, it seems to be those kinds of people that come here. Uh, the people who are willing to help those around them. It's not, uh, they don't see other authors as competition. Uh, they're friends who are helping write more cool stories. So we have more cool stories to read. Right. Uh, and so everyone's very helpful, which I've absolutely enjoyed. That's amazing. So what was it like winning the uh, Rise of the Future? Uh, it was amazing, shocking. Um, I I was sitting on my couch, uh, you know, watching TV because, of course, it's from submission to uh, finding out you know, who the winners are is a months long process. So I was getting anxious. Everyone on the forum was getting anxious and we were, you know, posting memes about, you know, our anxiety. And I just posted something rather snarky and my phone rang and it was unlisted number. I was like, Oh no, no, but is it? So I, I answered and sure enough, it was Joni from writers of the future. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that whole conversation felt surreal. And that was, there's two calls you get actually. It's, uh, first it's for finalists. And then all of the finalist stories go to the judges and then they pick the top three. And so I had to keep silent for two weeks. You know, while everyone else is talking about, oh, I wonder, who, you know, who got what and all that stuff. I can't believe the calls haven't gone out. I'm like, yep, calls went out. Can't say anything. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, then I got the second call and, uh, I may have cheered very loudly. I apologize to Joni's ears. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Um, did you go silent on the forums? You're like, oh yeah. Snarky things. And like, yep. did anybody call I, you out on it? Why are you so good? Uh, no one called me out on it afterwards. There were a couple of people that said, I noticed that you hadn't said a whole lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be my first clue. Is like, hmm, David's not saying anything. I bet he got mm -hmm. the call. <laughs> no, that's amazing. So, um, for those who don't know, what do you know the top three get uh, in the Riders uh, of the Future so contest? For Riders of the Future, um, once you win, and the winners are considered the top three of every quarter, so they have a total of 12 uh, every year, um, those winners are brought into Hollywood, California to the Writers of the Future for a week-long uh, writing conference taught by the top names in the industry. And then at the end of that conference, uh, they have a uh, Oscars-style gala, you know, black tie event, uh, awarding uh, all of the, um, the winners. And then for the top four winners, the first place from each quarter, those go into another competition for the golden pen award to see who's the number one of the year. So I, I got third in my quarter, so I'm not up for the golden pen, um, which is the only reason I'm allowed to talk about my story. Uh, the golden pen people are kept silent until that award comes out at the ceremony. That's gotta be tough. Yeah. So, I mean, you 
have a very uh you know J.R.R. Tolkien-esque story you know he he started the hobbit for writing bedtime mm -hmm. stories um those novels are uh, you you ended up writing like you said two and a half novels right yeah they two and a half novels uh basically i started out with uh everything uh like the disney stories but instead of telling the stories as disney told them i took out the protagonist put my daughter's name in as the protagonist and just went with that uh and so i did all these fairy tale retellings um, and uh, they morphed into this whole world that I'd built, which surprisingly I haven't, none of my short stories have been in that world. So I haven't touched it again uh, huh. as I've written those. Uh, but I definitely took a lot of my inspiration from Tolkien. Um, in fact, we're reading through the Lord of the Rings right now with my daughter. Oh, nice. uh, told her that we have to read the entire book before she can watch the movies and so she's very motivated oh that's awesome that's fantastic is that a read that you that that you went through as a young boy oh yeah uh i remember reading uh the hobbit and lord of the rings uh cover to cover um yeah about when i was 10 and seems to be that like the age that yeah. yeah that set the stage for all of the fantasy and science fiction to follow so who are some of your influences? Um, I would say uh, growing up, it was a lot of the big names. So Robert Jordan, David Weber, uh, Terry Brooks. Um, and as I've gotten into writing more, as, as far as my writing voice and writing style, uh, it was Terry Pratchett with the Discworld. Uh, in fact, my winning story is a story about death. And I had to work really hard not to have Terry Pratchett's death. I'm like, no, no, he needs to be my own character. Um, uh, as well as uh, Jim Butcher with the Dresden Files. I just love that dry, sarcastic voice that he uses. And so that's definitely found its way into my writing. Great influences. If you want to, you know, not copy, but like have an influence in your life, those are, are two great ones. That's for sure. So um, are you, you know, you've done short stories. Um, are you going to continue with that? And then are you going to um, kind of try writing novels? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, so I'm continuing with short stories. I have some that just haven't sold yet. So I'm going to keep, keep them out to market until they sell. Uh, and then I'm also writing more. I'm part of the Wolf Pack uh, with Wolf Moon. Uh, it's his Wolf Pack writing group. And we, he has challenges that he puts out from time to time saying, hey, let's target this particular anthology. And so I'll write to that anthology and stuff like that. And then I'm also working on a novelization of my winning Writers of the Future story right now. That's awesome. That's kind of um, the route that Orson Scott Card took with Ender's Game, like a, a one I think mm -hmm. Nebula or Hugo as a short story and then one both of them as a novel. So. Yep. being able to expand that is is um, valuable. Um, mm -hmm. There's a market for both. Um, what has been some of the challenges of expanding that? Uh, I've discovered that I'm not as verbose as I used to be. So I used to use a lot of words and getting up to 80,000 words was relatively easy because I over-explained a lot of things. And now um, I've gotten very good at tight prose as I'm writing. And so, you know, instead of telling something in 50,000 words, I've now told it in 25,000 words. And I'm like, okay, 
I need more story here. <laughs> so that's really been my biggest challenge is, um, I guess, expanding the world enough to fill a novel instead of just having a bunch of little short stories. Now, um, when you're making that transition, um, have you reached out to any people, uh, you know, Moon or anybody else to kind of help you, give you advice on that? Uh, for novel writing, uh, just the, I guess not specifically. So I've uh, pulled in a lot of help and knowledge uh, just as I've learned short stories. And the vast majority of it translates over, doesn't matter what you're writing. Um, but uh, as far as expanding into novels, uh, I think that's something that I'm going to be working on that skill uh, in the next few months. I am going to Superstars writing seminar next month, which is a, a water hose information with lots of the big names. Uh, and so I'm hoping to connect with a few people there and uh, see what I can learn uh, from them. No, it sounds like you're going to have uh, two wonderful opportunities in the next coming months. So both week long things. So you're going to have two weeks of just a fire hose of information coming at you. Um, and now people might not know this, but Writers of the Future it literally is judged by industry professionals, people like uh, Kevin J. Anderson and mm -hmm. Jody Lynn Nye. And he's just people who know what they're talking about. So if somebody recommends and, and selects your story, that's a big deal. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Jody Lynn Nye is the current uh, coordinating judge of Writers of the Future. And for me personally, the timing of her taking over, I think, worked in my favor for winning because my story is a humor story and she is a humorist. And uh, the when I got the call from Jody, uh, the coordinator, she said she was very, uh, Jody Lynn and I was very excited that um, humor story had gotten up to that point uh, that she would be able to put it into the uh, anthology. So uh, yeah, I, I prefer to write humor because that's what I prefer to read. And uh, I'm looking forward to learning a lot uh, from her once I get down there. Yeah. And, and you get taught by them as well. So that's mm -hmm. just, just amazing opportunity for people that can go from a beginner, um, you know, an amateur writer to being able to be mentored by some of the best in the business is, right. is a fantastic thing that Rise of the Future does. And then, uh, you know, the superstars of writing, like that right there was started by Kevin J. Anderson, um, along with others. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, I think, was on the original board. And, yep. Dave Farland. Uh, Dave Farland. And, yeah. So, and, and they've kept that really, really professional as well. And I know lots of mm -hmm. authors that have gone through that and have came out on the other side and have published work so yep. again it's people that have had success that have turned around and reached back and pulled other people with them right yeah and that was one thing um i am deeply honored i wouldn't have been able to go to superstars uh except i applied for their the inaugural dave farland writing endowment and i won that one as well so that's you know another thing i won last year and so i'll be able to go they are paying for the vast majority of the expenses for me to go, which is fantastic, you know, flight and everything. Uh, wow. So yeah, I'll be able to just focus on getting there and soaking up all the knowledge. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and again, it's, it's a way to give back to the community. Dave Farland mm -hmm. was a huge in, influence in the fantasy and science fiction community. Yep. And 
have that in his honor to to reach out and help other people i think is fantastic yeah so what are some of your writing habits well i i try to write for a couple hours a day at least um i've been having a hard time recently developing that rhythm mostly because i've been in transition for the last year uh so i just retired from the army officially the end of july and so in that time was a lot of i was working for the army i had an internship for a couple of months then i had vacation time so we're traveling all over visiting family uh and then you know getting a new job getting into the rhythm of that new job and all of that. So I'm just now starting to settle into a rhythm where I get a couple hours a day that I can write. Um, and I, I like to be able to get solid blocks of time because then I can get into the, the flow state and really get a lot of words through uh, in order to be able to later go back and edit it. Well, that's really good to um, have that time that you can sit down and, and, and do that. And I think you said a key thing here is like, you know, you got to sit down and, and get in the flow of things. Now, that's not to say that people who don't have time can't sit down for 15 minutes and, and bust out whatever they have time. Oh, no, to do. absolutely. Yeah, I've uh, I have quite a few stories that have been 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Um, I have one that I wrote mostly on my phone as I'm, you know, sitting in waiting rooms and stuff like that, just, you know, oh, another idea came to me here. Let me add a little bit more to it and, you know, or go through and edit it because I'm doing, you know, it on Google Docs and I can do it on whatever device I'm using. So, right. uh, yeah, there is there is no one right way. Uh, it's just a matter of tools that you can use to figure out what works for you. Yeah, that's a, a great point. What works for you? You know, it might be sitting down for two hours and writing. It might be in the morning. It might be late at night. It right. might be, okay, I got a lunch break. I only have 20 minutes. I can, after yep. I eat, I can do. Like, if you really want to do this, I think consistency is key. Like, yep. you can't you can't do 15 minutes here and three months later, another 15 minutes. Like, right. consistency is key. Yeah, so, writing, it's, it's like any muscle. It, if you don't use it, it gets weak. Uh, but the more you do it, uh, at whatever pace that you can, the stronger it will become and the better you'll get at the writing. Right. And you mentioned uh, Jim Butcher Dresden Files. I had an opportunity to interview him last year and mm -hmm. he had just gone through a bunch of stuff, um, you know, hardship. And so he was getting back to writing. And that's kind of what he said, too. Like, OK, just if you're going through hard times, just do 15 minutes one day and then the next day do yep. 16. So it, it is a muscle that you can build up to. And that, that's great advice. Um, for anybody that's trying to begin this journey because people don't know it, but writing is hard like it's difficult it is hard it is and um, one of the problems that a lot of people have that I have had and still struggle with is uh, the difference between writing and editing is I have to turn off the internal editor allow myself to write bad things just let the word vomit come out on the paper and then go back later and clean it up. You know, if I come up with a, oh, I need to research that, make a note, come back to it later, just keep writing. Because um, when I'm all constantly going back and editing and making sure that it sounds exactly right or, oh, I need to get that fact exactly correct. Let me turn to Google. You know, the writing stops because I'm not writing. I'm researching right. or I'm editing. So, uh, yeah, turning off that internal editor is key for me. 
No, and that's a, a fantastic tip of getting that word vomit, as you said, mm-hmm. out on the page and getting it down because it's so much easier to fix than if it's nothing's there at all. Right. And yep. another thing I liked what you said is um, there are different stages to writing um, and you, you hit on three of them, researching, writing, and editing. And you have to do kind of all three on a lot of a lot of aspects. And knowing what part you're in, be like, okay, I'm on a writing, I'm, I'm writing right now. So that's all I'm going to do. Or I'm going to research something because you can get lost in research. Like you can do research oh, yeah. for days. Oh, yeah. There's rabbit holes that you can go down and never come back up. Right. And then forget what you're writing about in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the lost art of editing, you can never get to editing if you don't have anything on the page. So being able yep. to balance all three, I think, is, is very important for a writer's journey. Yep. Well, and an, another uh, problem that I still run into is uh, the over-editing problem uh, because it will never be perfect. It just needs to be good enough. Once you right. get it to that point where it still has that uh, feeling of originality that uh, that came when you did the word vomit uh, and you haven't edited that all out so that it's bland, you know, that, I guess, perfect point, that balance point of it's still original um, and, and just stop at that point. Let it go. Send it out. You know, I have one story right now that is coming out in the Murder Birds anthology, and I just read today. Uh, I read it again because he sent it to us with the uh, last copy saying, hey, check it over for errors. We're about to send it to the publisher. And I'm like, oh, missed the comma there, missed the comma there. And, oh, I, I could have reworded that much better. I'm like, nope, just stop. It's okay. It's okay. It's, you know, there have been a dozen people have read through this already. You know, it's it's fine. There's no, you know, major errors, no misspellings. You know, it's good. No, that's a, a great tip or trick. It's just like research and rabbit holes. Editing can be a big rabbit hole as well. Yep. And I don't know um, if you've ever seen like Heinlein's rules or anything like that. Robert Heinlein. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically what it says. Like he's like, write the story, you know, finish it, send it out, even if it's not perfect, and keep it going until it sells. Now we yep. live in a day and age to where um, we can get good enough and self-publish ourselves if we if we choose to go that route. Um, but he makes a key point: like it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Whatever is good enough, or or whatever, you know, all those little commas or the periods or the mm-hmm. oh, this should be an exclamation point. Those don't matter in the long run. Get it out right. until it sells. Yep. And that's that's a, a key principle, I think. So that's that's a great tip or trick that you just shared. So, I mean, you must have lots of ideas uh, floating around in your head. You might have a note, um, notebook with them or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, what what do you look for in, a, in a, an idea to pursue? If you're like, okay, this is this is some gold. I'm going to I'm going to write this. Um, a lot of my ideas that I've written have been uh, to a prompt. So uh, one of the things that Wolf Moon teaches is the KYD exercise. It's called Kill Your Darlings. And so you get a prompt, you write to the prompt, whatever it is, uh, write a thousand words, and then you continually cut it down until you get to 250 words that has the heart and soul of the story. So you have the the, um, 
heart's desire for the character. There's some threshold moment there that they're taking action uh, on their problem, whatever it is. And but that all comes from a prompt and then, you know, expand it back up. So the first story I sold was written in his KYD workshop, uh, which I then expanded up and got sold to Dreamforge magazine. Uh, a, a story called uh, Properly Spiced Gingerbread, which is currently up right now on Critters for the uh, annual Critters Readers poll. Uh, so if anyone feels like going and voting and uh, that closes on the 14th. Uh, but the the ideas came from a prompt and it's just a matter of you know writing to it and finding something in there that is intriguing to me. Um, so that one was a gingerbread man who came out and he's uh, not actually the gingerbread man. He's a demon who's possessed the gingerbread and wants to wreak havoc and the witch who made him now have to figure out how to survive the gingerbread man. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And, and writing prompts, um, you're not the first person that has said like they came up with, you know, a story from writing prompts. Um, there's, uh, there's been quite a few on my podcast. Um, Katie Cross comes to mind that she's built a career uh, just off the of writing prompt, like her whole, whole book series. So don't take those lightly. If you see a writing prop, um, prompt, why don't you explore it and see how it goes? Like it can, it can lead to something wonderful. Well, and anytime an editor puts out an anthology call, that's a writing prompt. Uh, so the one I mentioned earlier, Murder Birds, uh, the prompt was, I want stories about birds that are murderous. You know, science fiction, fantasy, horror, you know, give me what you got. And uh, by the time it got to us, the editor, uh, Mike Jack Stumbos, had already gotten a bunch of stories, uh, but he hadn't gotten any stories about raptors. He's like, I, everyone's talking about murderous songbirds. I, in an anthology about murder birds, I need raptors. I need, you know, the, the predators of the bird world. So give me stories about raptors. And I was like, okay, something about raptors. But with my twist, has to be humorous um flamingos there we go <laughs> and so i have a story coming out called felix and the flamingo that's amazing yeah they can be powerful they can definitely uh, jump start a career that's for sure mm -hmm. so you mentioned yet you know you're part of um moon's writing group how mm -hmm. how beneficial has that been for you uh it changed my writing completely so um Writing alone and unafraid, I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, however, once I became part of a tight-knit writing group where everyone is working together for that professional publication, um, it's, yeah, it changed my perspective entirely. So I have people that I can swap stories with, swap ideas with. Um, we, uh, you know, we bounce off each other, whether it's, you know, encouraging someone who's down, you know, everyone cheering for someone that made a sale, uh, just being part of that tight knit group has been fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, for people who want to start a, a writing group, um, what has been some things that have worked for you guys? What's kind of what are the things that haven't worked? Uh, one of the things that has really made a difference with this writing group is the fact that it everything remains positive. So 
um, whatever it is we're doing, say we're critiquing something that someone's written, that you you find the positive things that you talk about first, all right, and then give the critique of, hey, fix this, fix that, this didn't quite work for me, and then come back with a positive, you know, something to up, uplift them at the end. Uh, I've gotten critiques from people that were just brutal before, and it, you know, made me want to stop writing because I'm like, oh, clearly I'm horrible at this. Um, so being in a writing group that has uh, skills for positive reinforcement uh, is really key to making the writing group work. How often do you guys meet? Uh, it's not actually a, a meeting thing because we're all online. We have people in the wolf pack that are around the world. Uh, so we do it through Discord and it's just uh, uh, you're typing in chat, different chat channels uh, with whatever it is that you're talking about, whether it's, you know, uh, here here's a 250 word uh, snippet for someone to take a look at, tell me what you think, you know, fix, don't fix, like it, whatever, or, you know, a writer's a future channel where we're talking about tips and tricks for, you know, submissions, you know, hey, we just learned some new information from writers of the future, you know, make sure that you incorporate this into what you're writing, stuff like that. So it's all uh, just chat channels. Which for those people who are worried about like meeting people or, you know, you don't have anybody in your area that's, they might be writers, but not necessarily fantasy and science fiction, um, Discord or other you know, Zoom or, or whatever, it can be valuable to, to meet up with people and be able to um, throw ideas at each other, yep. have a writing group. You know, we yep. live in a, a fantastic age now where the world really is small and you can connect it with is. somebody everywhere. Yep. I don't actually have a physical writing group I'm part of. Uh, I've only just recently met uh, a couple of writers locally. Um, but outside of that, uh, my writing group has been the Wolfpack. And before that, and I'm still part of it, is the Writers of the Future Forum, which is another great place to find positive people that uh, are aiming for the same thing you are. Right. And one thing I've learned through this community is how positive and how uplifting and how many people want other people to succeed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's and the, the people that aren't positive tend to weed themselves out. Right. No, I mean, I reached out to, you know, I reach out to people all the time and I'm just amazed at how many people say yes to just a, a silly interview. You know, now, I mean, I still don't have credibility. Uh, I got like 50 plus in interviews under my belt, you know, out in the world. And when I first started, like I didn't have anybody and Jim Butcher said yes. And Dave Farland said yes. And yeah. Peter V. Brett said, yeah, like, it's like these New York Times bestselling authors, you know, who didn't know me from anybody. And they're like, yeah, I'll meet with you. And like, holy cow like and yep. it's just been amazing ever since what you know what are some of your habits what do you what do you do to keep sane um the, i have to learn to take breaks uh so if i'm staring at the screen too long um yeah everything starts to go sideways uh so yep taking breaks whether that's uh, going and playing a game with the kid uh going for a walk something like that um I like to travel. Uh, that was one of the reasons I enjoyed being in the army. They moved me around a lot. So I got to see lots of uh, fun and interesting places in the world. And uh, still, now that I've retired, I still like to travel. So um, 
and seeing new places, meeting new people also helps feed the, uh, the story bank as I'm, you know, getting ideas and, you know, prompts that I, uh, you know, see something interesting. I'm like, Oh, I need to write that down. That, that can fit into a story somewhere. As a writer, I think it's important to keep your eyes open because, you know, influences and, and ideas can come from everywhere. So mm-hmm. being able to, to do that. And as a writer, you kind of have a different lens as you're looking through the world as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I, uh, recently read an article on Dreamforge magazine that they were talking about uh, dialogue and, you know, dialogue as eavesdropping. And so, you know, just go somewhere, go to a cafe, a park, wherever, and just sit there and listen to how people talk. And, you know, I've done that a couple of times where I just go to a cafe and, you know, just listen to the people around me while I look like I'm typing. And I've gotten some interesting ideas that way. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Now, um, has being in the army influenced any stories? Oh, absolutely. Yep. The first one I wrote uh, was called Hell's Bureaucracy. And it was about a guy who uh, discovered that bureaucracy that plagues all of us is actually demon influence. And <laughs> so he... You know, he gets his third eye opened and he sees the demon who is tormenting him. And it's the story of him, you know, overcoming his bureaucratic demon. Uh, and that that came from being in the army, which is one of the biggest bureaucracies in the world. And just learning to to live with that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of my stories influenced by my military career have been those types of aspects of the military, the, you know, not necessarily writing military sci-fi or anything like that, but the, like the, the bureaucracy and the silliness that we can run into. Right. That's, that's amazing. It's fun when real life can influence your, your writing, which it should anyway, because if you're looking around, like there's crazy stuff all over the place. Yep. Yep. So other than the superstars of writing and, um, Riders of the Future, uh, are you going to go to any conventions or anything like that this year? Uh, I don't have any plans for in-person conventions beyond those two, uh, mostly because of vacation days with my new job. So all of my vacation days are going to those two, um, even to the point where my wife said, and when are we going on vacation? <laughs> uh, yeah, about that. So um, I, I will probably be doing some online conferences. Uh, FireCon is one that I've done a couple of years now that I will do again this year and always keeping my eye out for more online conferences I can uh, join in on. Nice. So other than what we've covered so far, do you have any other tips or tricks that you can share that uh, anybody that's been in this journey? Uh, Just keep going. The uh, writing and getting published is a tough uphill journey uh rejection is huge uh you look at any market uh and their acceptance rate is maybe two percent so that's a lot of rejection i have eight stories that have been accepted uh four of which have been published and of those you know that uh, my rejection rate is still way over 90 percent so uh just keep writing keep going 
Uh, and if you feel like you're about to hit that point where you can't do it anymore, go just a little bit farther and um, you'll, you'll get that, that breakout. For me, I hit that point with my novels where I was like, I can't go any farther. I keep getting rejected uh, from these agents. I don't know where else to go. Uh, and so I switched tacks a little bit and uh, went over to short stories and started getting uh, that, re that positive feedback. You know, that first honorable mention was a huge positive feedback. I was like, oh, I actually know what I'm doing. Okay, this works. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a hard journey, but it should be fun and just keep going. Oh, that's a great advice. Um, look at what you're doing and if it's not working, pivot, you know, yep. like adapt and overcome like they say, right? Yep. Like that, that's great advice. Um, if you're writing short stories and you're having a hard time selling those, switch to novels. If you're writing novels, switch, you know, yep. mix it up a little bit, see how you do. Yep. No, that's great advice. Um, David, go ahead and tell people how they can get a hold of you, how they can find you. Sure. Uh, you can find me on my website, which is just davidhankins.com, H-A-N-K-I-N-S. Uh, I'm also pretty active on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Twitter, my handle is underscore David Hankins. Uh, Facebook, it's just David Hankins dash author. Uh, I've just gotten into Instagram, but haven't really done a whole lot there yet. And, uh, but all of that you can link to from my website. Uh, I have links to all of my stories that are published and pending uh, there on my website. And you know, as I continue on and uh, push out my first novel, that's where you'll, you'll hear about it first. Awesome. I'm excited to see your career grow and see how far it goes. So this is going to be fun to watch you. So thank you so much for getting on with me today. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I've had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.